welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Osmond, a biblical church centered on Christ. Open your Bibles to the book of John, John chapter 11. We're only going to be in this scripture right here in John chapter 11. As David shared earlier, we have been going through a sermon series on the miracles of Jesus. And we're coming to, this will, be, this will be the conclusion of this here, this miracle. And while you turn there, you also want to pull out your bulletin. Um, we'll reference that here in a little bit, about how we respond to uh, an empty tomb. But we're seeing here, and this really ties in with Memorial Day. I had been preparing this before the sex scandal came out and then the shooting, so I was thinking Memorial Day and death when I was preparing this. And what we see in this event is Jesus is going to raise Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus is the brother of Mary and Martha, and he has died. And Jesus, the Bible teaches us, he has authority over death. He has conquered death. Death to him does not have a sting, as the Bible tells us. He is not confused. Uh, contaminated by death. It doesn't keep him in the grave. And one of the wonderful things about being a follower of Christ is that we also, even though we will all die, even though we will have a funeral, even though we will experience what Lazarus here went through, because you are a born-again believer, you have trusted in Christ as your Savior you experience the resurrection. And even though we die, we live. And for us, we're going to think so much of our lives is preventing this inevitable that's going to occur. It's a race against time. You know it's coming. You know one day you will die. Your heart will stop beating. You will stop breathing. And we will then at that point stand before God. That is why for our lives, it is so important to make sure that we don't have any secret sin. We haven't covered up anything because we, God will hold us accountable for our lives. All sin will be made clear. There, won't, there will never be a time that we can sweep something under the rug and get by with it. We give an answer for everything. So we're going to read this scripture here in John chapter 11, starting in verse 1. And this is the story. Now, I'm going to read this. This is a lot of scripture. I might, we might pause and I'll give you a, uh, uh, share a little bit about how this applies to us. And knowing that, how, why Jesus wants us to identify with Lazarus and Mary and Martha. That's what the, the, the story is not so much about if Jesus can raise someone from the dead. The story is really of the opposing viewpoints of how this, these two sisters, Mary and Martha, responded to Jesus knowing her brother is dead. And it shows their lack of faith and also their faith in the Lord. And I think our takeaway for us to say when something happens tragic in our life, Death, uh, sex abuse scandal, 
uh, school shooting, shootings here in Lexington, just horrible things happen. How do we respond to the Lord? John chapter 11, verse 1. Now a man was sick, Lazarus, from Bethany. Bethany is right outside of Jerusalem. The village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. And it was her brother Lazarus who was sick. So the sisters sent a message to him. Lord, the one you love is sick. That's a prayer request. That's when we've sent message to Jesus saying, Jesus, you love this, this man Lazarus. He's our brother and he is sick, very sick. That's a notification to the Lord to do something. That's when we come to the Lord and say, Lord, the one you love is sick. Here's my request to you. And Jesus gets this message. When Jesus heard it, he said, This sickness will not end in death, but it is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Folks, do you say that about your sickness? You are sick. You have experienced this life-altering event. And your answer to that is, God, this is occurring so you can receive the glory. So you can receive the credit. That's what he's saying right here. Now, Jesus loved Martha, her sister, and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after that, he said to the disciples, let's go to Judea again. So in Martha and Mary's mind, the moment that Jesus heard that he was sick, he was supposed to drop what he's doing and all of a sudden run over there and take care of Lazarus. Or speak the word because they knew Jesus had the authority. Because earlier here, in John chapter 9, there was a blind boy who couldn't see, and Jesus just spoke the word, and he was healed from afar. So Mary and Martha knew Jesus might not even have to come. He can just say the word. He has the power, and he's healed. And that is why it's so important for us that we come to the Lord with our request and our prayers. Because we don't know how God is going to answer. There are times He answers immediately when you come to the Lord with your prayer request. And then there's other times that He waits and He delays. And in this case, there was a two-day delay. And that, that was probably surprising to Mary and Martha. They're thinking, where is He? We need Jesus here now. He's not getting better. This is the one you love, Jesus. What is not... What's happening? Have you ever wondered why God's timing is not your timing? You want an answer. You want something now. And God here is saying, wait. There's always a reason to wait. You don't know it. This past week, let me give you an example of how something we were expecting to happen, we got the wait sign. And I'm still waiting for the answer why it occurred. 
as you know, our son is 16 years old. And he has his driver's license. So Phil Bender here and I and Daniel Jr., we went to go look at a car we were going to buy. This car I found on Facebook, on Facebook Marketplace. I had been talking to the lady about buying the car. We had arranged a time. She had given me the address. This is on, what was this, Thursday, Friday, one day later this week. We, we, I picked Phil up. He's a mechanic. He was going to look at the car. Junior's going to drive it home. We've got, mentally, I have this plan. This is how you buy your first car. We show up. First of all, we got lost. It was on the other side of town, which delayed me. And we finally get there after uh, getting lost. Couldn't even find the entrance to the place we were going. And we pull up and we saw the car. And we noticed when we were driving up, someone else was driving away with the car around the block. Okay, well, I, I think that's the car. Based on the pictures, that's, Junior, that's their car. Why is it going over there? Like, we're supposed to be looking at it right now. We pull up. And the people say, oh, I just sold it. I sold it to one of our neighbors. I think, whoa, whoa. We had been talking the whole time. We had arranged a time. We had made plans to purchase this. And your neighbor walks around the corner and just hands you the money and buys it and drives it around. What was this? And you, you, we drove away confused, thinking, why on earth did this happen? I spent all this time made all these preparations. We've been going to ongoing conversations to pull up to watch it. When I say last minute, literally, it was sold like 30 seconds before I arrived. They were driving around away with the car that fast. Now, that is an example where I literally got, Junior gets in the car and Phil, and we're like, well, maybe the Lord. All I can say is I have no clue why this event occurred. No clue. But maybe the Lord did not want you to buy that car. I have no clue why. But God quickly shut that door. And he wanted us to drive over there, for the, I guess, for the ride. Folks, I believe all the time here on this side of earth, on this side of heaven, these type of events occur to God's people. And we'll, I will never know the answer to why that occurred. But it could be a possibility that I'm in heaven, and I might ask the Lord about that, and he will explain, he says, so Daniel, you don't realize this, but that car, mechanically, not only was it not safe, but if it was in an accident, it wouldn't be safe. And by you not buying that car, that saved your son's life. We have to trust the Lord in what happens, even when we don't know why it occurred. And instead of us getting angry trashing the people on Facebook, filing a complaint for them, saying, why is this person ever selling online? We just say, Lord, I have no clue why this happened. I have no control. I just trust you. Folks, that is how we respond. That is, as Bible-believing Christians, when we see Jesus took two days, it's like a delay. What's going on here? Keep going here in your Bibles. Rabbi, the disciples told him, just now the Jews tried to stone you. And you're going there again? Like, we're not going back to Judea. You almost died. Why are you going back to this place? And I love Jesus' answers. You ask Jesus a question, and this is what He says. Aren't there 12 hours in a day? 
Have you, could you imagine asking the Lord a question? He says, aren't there 12 hours in a day? What is, what is that? What are you talking about? Jesus answered, if anyone walks during the day, he doesn't stumble because he sees the light of the world. But if anyone walks during the night, he does stumble because the light is not in him. Jesus is looking at these ladies and his disciples and saying, y'all just need to trust me. I'm the light of the world. Look, on my timing, there's 12 hours in a day. In my timing, I promise, I said this sickness will not end in death. If you trusted me, if you trust Jesus with your life, you should make that trust commitment all the way up till you die. Literally, His hand is not too short. The Lord's love never fails. There should never be a time in your life that you give up on God. Even when horrible things happen, such as happened with the sex abuse scandal and the cover-up with the Southern Baptist Convention, you shouldn't drop out of church for that. Even when tragedy happens at elementary schools, you don't give up on the Lord because that. These events occur because we live in a lost, sinful, fallen world. And it started in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, with Cain killing Abel. It has just come down. We will never reach utopia. Nothing will ever be perfect here on earth until Jesus returns, until we are in heaven. And what happens here is Jesus is saying, look, there's 12 hours in a day, and there's also nighttime. You just walk in the light. Just trust me. And he goes on to say, he said this because he told them, our friend Lazarus has, fall, has fallen asleep, but I'm on my way to wake him up. Like, we're going to go, and it's gonna, we're going to wake him up. And the disciples said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he'll get well. Like, we don't need to wake up the sleeping baby. Let him sleep. Why do we need to go to Judea to wake someone up from their bed? They're totally missing it. Jesus, however, was speaking about their de his death, but they thought he was speaking about natural sleep. So Jesus told them plainly, and sometimes we need this just like the disciples. When you are confused this morning, you're thinking, Lord, why did this happen? This doesn't make any sense in my life. You need to ask the Lord, Lord, plainly show me. And sometimes He will, but folks, a lot of times He won't. There are some things we will never know. Lazarus has died. I'm glad for you that I wasn't there so that you may believe, but let's go to Him. Lazarus died, but it, something's going to happen. Let's go to Lazarus and see what's going to happen. And I'm actually glad I wasn't there. I purposely delayed because a miracle is going to occur. Jesus had to delay so the miracle of resurrection could happen. In your life, that delayed answered the prayer. The confusion to wondering why, Lord, God is setting up yours and my life for the miracle. If Lazarus hadn't have died, then, listen church, there wouldn't have been a resurrection. And in our life, we have to go through the tragedy many ways to see the great power and the awe of the Lord. I know this is hard. And the Bible's not very clear about why. It's, it's, he's, God is forcing us to rely and live 
for him because of this. Keep going in your Bibles. Then Thomas called twin, said to his fellow disciples, let's go too so that we may die with him. So you can tell Thomas is totally confused. Thomas is, Jesus is going to resurrect him, and Thomas thinks he's actually going back to Judea to die. So you can see the disciples just don't get it. Now I'm going to read uh, this next section, then I'm going to stop, because this brings in the conversation with Mary and Martha. And look at the opposing response. Because I think for us, when the unexpected happens for us, we're in many ways going to respond, either a Mary or a Martha. Now remember, Martha was the one who was a busybody. Remember, they, the Mary and Martha are the two cleaners. Well, one was a cleaner and the other was at the feet of Jesus. Martha was cleaning, uh, Mar- Martha was cleaning the house and Mary's at the feet of Jesus. Is what's going on here. And Mary's not carrying her load. So these are the same sisters. And look what happened. Jesus arrives and he found Lazarus had already died. Already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, less than two miles away. Many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them about their brother. When someone dies, immediately we minister to that family. And it's noticed. Nothing happened. There's nothing you can say at that point. The ministry is a ministry of presence. Your presence, not your words, the fact that you called, the fact that you stopped by, the fact that you, uh, you somehow reached out to the family that's grieving speaks more than anything we will ever say. And what happened here, we see this. Mary and Martha are grieving and their Jewish friends just came to comfort them with their presence. It goes on to say, as soon as Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet Him. But Mary remained seated in the house. You have to wonder, God, why did Mary not go? If you know that Jesus is coming, we had already sent word, He ran a little late, but he finally made it. My brother died. Notice the contrast. Martha goes outside. Mary stays seated. And it says here, Then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Do you know, I don't know if she was saying this with great kindness. There was probably frustration. Saying, Jesus, it took a little while for you to get here. If you had been here, he wouldn't have died. Yet, it's one of those statements when you make to the Lord, you express your frustration, but then you have to backpedal a little bit. She says in verse 22, and this is the main verse I want you and I to look at this morning. Yet, even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Look at that phrase. Jesus, you're now here at my house. Tragedy and death have come to my home. But I know that whatever you ask, whatever you do, God will answer and hear that prayer. 
whatever you ask. Folks, do you approach the Lord that way? Do you have an attitude with the Lord? Lord, whatever. I come to you. I don't know the solution. Martha does not know what to do. All she can do is come and say, Lord, whatever. Just I come to you. And it's my brother's now in your hands. He's gone. There's nothing more I can do. And I think for us, as we think about Memorial Day and those that have dealt with, the, dealt with death and loss, God is looking at us and saying, do we respond like Martha? Lord, just, just do something. I don't know why, just do something. God, you take over this problem. You give me a solution. Lord, I don't even have the words to say about this. But Lord, you do. Folks, that's what it means to trust the Lord, Jesus. When you go to the Lord and say, God, do something about it. Look at these last few verses we're going to read. Your brother will rise again, Jesus told her. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. But that's not what Jesus is talking about. Jesus said to her, and this is an important Bible verse because this is our hope as Christians. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, he will live. Jesus is speaking to you this morning and he's saying, I am the resurrection. I am your life. You've come to church this morning. You want to receive new life in Christ. You want a new beginning. You want change. And Jesus is looking and saying, I'm the resurrection. I'm the life. Even though you're going to die, even though you're going to experience loss, you will live. Folks, are you living that way? Do you think that way? That's called eternal thinking. We know even though we're all going to die here, we think about earth more than we think about heaven. And Jesus is saying, you need to start thinking about heaven more than you think about earth. Because your real life is not here. This is not life. This life dies. The real life is the life to come. Jesus is looking at you and I, and He's saying there's so much more that you don't see. There's more that you're not aware of. There's more that I have to offer. And He's saying, I'm the resurrection. You're not going to die. Your body might die, but everybody dies. Jesus died. And He was resurrected. Lazarus here died. He was, and He was resurrected. Everyone who lives and believes in Me will never die. And He asked the question, and I want to end on this question do you believe this he's teaching martha martha i don't know if you really believe who i am because you've believed that i needed to come over here so you could experience a resurrection of your son and a healing or not your of your brother but i didn't need to be here you just need to believe in me do you believe this Jesus asked us this morning, amidst all, amidst all the horrible things going on, the tragedy, the loss, the war, the pain, the uncertainty, Jesus looks at you and I and He says, do you believe this? 
Do you believe I'm the resurrection life? Because if you do, if you believe this, it's going to radically change how you live your life. You're no longer going to live for the earth. This is not our home. This is the, the, this ongoing push and fight against death. Jesus is looking at us and saying, there's more. I ask you this morning, do you believe this? Is Jesus Christ your Lord life? Have you trusted in Him as your Savior? I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to the gospel, to respond to the message on that question. Do you believe this? Do you want to get saved this morning? I look around this sanctuary and I see faces I don't know. I don't know where you stand before the Lord, but we know the Bible tells us what we just read. Jesus says, I am the resurrection. We will stand before God and we give an account on that question. Do you believe this? Martha did believe it. Her brother was resurrected. When you get saved, you experience Christ's resurrection. You move from being spiritually dead to spiritually alive. That is what it means to have new life in Christ. That is what it means, church family, to be saved. I want to invite everyone to stand up. We're going to have our closing hymn here. We're going to sing in our songbook, hymn number 465, and what fitting hymn, Only Trust Him. Brother Herb, will you come stand up here with me? If you want to join our wonderful church, and we are, we are blessed to have a wonderful Bible-believing church, you come up here and take mine or Brother Herb's hand and make that your decision. There's no better church for you to belong to than Broadway Baptist Church. We are based on the Word of God. Many of you need to respond to that question. Do you believe this? If you want to get saved, and you do need to get saved, there's no delay. We don't know what our future holds. You come, take our hands, say, Pastor, I want to pray and get saved this morning. David's going to lead us in our song, David.